Welcome to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. We hope this podcast encourages you, challenges you, and furthers your relationship with God in a whole new way. Enjoy this week's message. Well, Father God, we just uh, we're, we bring our offering to you this morning, knowing full well, faithfully that that, that this is going to come back tenfold. And Lord, that you can do great works with, with, with many, many things. And Lord, we're trusting you and praying over this offering as we bring it to you, Lord, that uh, this, is, this is for you. This is not for us, that this is for, for, for you, for you, the word, for the church of Christ. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, y'all stay standing for me as we welcome Pastor Yolanda. This. Good morning. You guys may be seated. I'm so excited. We got our Thanksgiving faithful people. You know, a lot of people are spending time with family, and we encourage that, but it's so good to see you this morning. I'm excited just to share um, this place that I've been in, and it really goes along with this series we've been doing, this series of Not Regular Church, and we've been looking at what does it take to be a church that's not regular, right? There's churches. You can find a church where you could do your, your 60 minutes and do your time and feel like a good person, and there's nothing wrong with that. But we want to be different, right? We want the presence of God to transform us. We understand that we are temples, right? And the Holy Spirit is dwelling in us, and we understand that this place, whether it's this building or our new church building, amen, amen, um, is, a te- is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And so as I was reflecting on the messages that Pastor Tom preached and my husband preached on not regular church, I was like, Lord, but what happens when we're stuck? What happens when we're stuck? Like, like, I know I need to love my neighbor. I know I need to push through and live out my purpose. But what happens when I'm in the wilderness, the personal wilderness, the collective wilderness? wilderness of my family, when I feel stuck, when I feel like I'm at my personal Jordan, and I, I, I know what to do theologically. I know I have to trust God, but I'm stuck. And so I wanted to talk about the courage to cross over. Can I talk about the courage to cross over? Because many of you have pitched your tents at the Jordan, at, 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 at the the crossing over point, but you're still stuck. You're still stuck. And I want to talk about what God has been doing in my life and talk about how we can get inspired by a great leader named Joshua because he knows what it's like to need courage to cross over. Amen. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this message. We thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit that has already gone before us. Lord God, and I pray, Lord God, that you prepare the hearts of every individual here, Lord God, because they may be stuck. They say, I heard a good word and I know what I need to do, but I'm stuck, Lord God. I'm stuck. So, Lord, this message is to encourage them not to throw away their confidence, to encourage them not to look at what we see, but to have faith so we can see a new thing, Lord God. We just ask you, Lord, to transform us today. Interrupt our comfort this morning. Interrupt our default pattern of dysfunction, Lord God. Interrupt 
our sin, Lord God. Interrupt us, Lord God, and give us the power of the Holy Spirit that is already dwelling. A lot of young Christians in the church and, and one older one, I'm not going to say his name, he's over 60. And, and, and we've been talking about how this year has been a breakthrough year for many of us. We, some people have put their foot in front of the, the next foot and started to do some spiritual disciplines, right? Some people said, I, I, I never spent time with God, but I, I, I've, I've just really been giving myself this, this little bit of time. It started off at 10 minutes, and then it, it went on to 20 minutes, and, and I really finished this, this study, and, and I'm really excited about that. Others have been in the gym. I see you. I see you. Others have been in the gym, and they've been working it out. I've been following some Instagram posts of people who are just like showing off with the ropes. When you do the ropes, that's just showing off. I mean, you don't have to do the ropes. I mean, you're better than us. Okay, we got it, you know. But people have been really feeling good about some of the steps that they've been taking this year. And, 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 and some people bought houses. Some people um, just had babies. We had a baby dedication. Um, a few weeks ago. And so there have been some wonderful things that have been birthed in 2022. And even though we know it's crazy out there in the world, right? But it's still good to celebrate those things that come because life is so short. And if you hold your breath for everything to be right, you'll be holding your breath a long time. We might have to resuscitate you. <laughs> and so those good things have happened and I celebrate that with you. We need that it encourages us when I'm in the struggle, but then I see something being birthed in someone's life, a spiritual gift that has manifested, a spiritual discipline that has been had. But this year has been also a tough year, a tough year full of losses. I know for me personally, we lost three people that it's just unimaginable. It's like, what, Lord? I don't want that Job anointing, like for real. <laughs> like, 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 can we get a break here? And, and so you have these losses and, and some of us may not have lost a, a tangible person, but some of you may have, are looking at the precipice of maybe losing your marriage. Some of you are at this place where you're losing hope that your family will look different, right? You, you started off like, I want my family to be different. I may have not been raised in a Christian family, but then with the, the issues and the cares of life and the hustle and bustle, your family is looking just like the world. And, and that's a loss. That's a loss, right? And, and, and so I just really want us to understand that when we get to that point where we're counting our losses, it's easy to be discouraged. Discouragement sets in. It's so subtle. And, and, and these events can change our focus on what's important, right? One thing after the next Sometimes we can be discouraged by life that it can lead us to forfeit our promise. We just don't say it, I give up. But we park our tents at the edge of our personal Jordans and we say, I'm too tired. I'm offended. They did this to me. Why do I have to struggle this way? My brother is not struggling this way. Why does it have to be so hard? And there we just park our tents. We know what to do, but we're stuck. And so today I hope this message encourages you 
Ephesians 4.22, you don't have to turn to it. I just want to read it. It says, therefore, do not throw away your confidence. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. For you have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. We need courage to cross over. We need courage to cross over into that personal Jordan, into that, uh, you know, I guess we would say um, just as a church, corporate Jordan. We, we, we need that courage to cross over. Let's go to Joshua 1, 5, and 9, and I love this, this example. There's so many ways we can go with this text, but I really want us to focus on Joshua as he prepares to cross over the Jordan because Joshua had a hard task. I mean, he is following Moses. How do you follow Moses? I mean, the miraculous leader, you know, the guy who, who, who was part of orchestrating. We know God did it, but you know how we are. He orchestrated the Red Sea, you know, dividing. How do you come after a guy like that? Like, you can say, oh, God, I trust you, but I don't want to follow Moses. <laughs> like, give me somebody else. So I just think of how God encouraged him during this season as he was preparing. During this season, he says in 1, 1, 5 through 9, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. He says that word a lot. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it from the right hand or the left hand that you may prosper wherever you go. And I love this part. This book of the law, the Bible, if we're in our case, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now, that's an encouragement. Amen. That is an encouragement when the Lord uh, begins to encourage you directly. No prophet, no, no preacher. He's just telling you, be strong and courageous. And if you have your, your Calvary Life, your CL note sheet, we're going to go over some definitions because I think we need to uh, clarify some terms about courage and discouragement. Um, before we go so we know we're, what we're talking about. Because sometimes we use courage and faith interchangeably, and it's really different. It says here, courage is defined as being motivated from the heart to do something brave. The Bible defines courage as being either good or bad. So that means you can have good courage or you can have bad courage. Let me explain. Good courage relies upon the supernatural power of God. Isn't that something? Good courage relies on the supernatural power of God to strengthen and to motivate believers to be courageous. I love that. Like, I don't have to do anything. I have to rely on the supernatural power.
power of God. I have to access it. I have to develop the supernatural power that is already in me. Amen. And, and bad courage relies on human abilities. It relies on human abilities and motives. I know sometimes my motives are bad. I may do a good thing, but if you're not careful, you can do a good thing to prove people wrong. And that's not a good motive. Amen. So what we're talking about is it may look like, wow, this is so great. My business is successful. My ministry is successful. Um, things are so successful. I talked to a woman today and she was, you know, talking about her life was so hard. And, 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 and so she was raising her kids in a way that she's going to prove to her mother, this is how you be a good mother. This is how you are to be a good mother. And so even though she's raising her kids, right, in the, in, in the Lord, but her motives are wrong. And so we're going to talk about that. So motives such as lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and pride. Pride is very subtle. And a lot of times that it sounds like a, a noble thing. Wow, she does. She, she's homeschooling her kids. She's, she's, she's reading the Bible every night to her kids. Why don't they read the Bible every night to their kids? And, and so it's, it's, it's a prideful thing. And it can muck up what God is trying to do in us. Amen. The Bible gives us examples of those who had courage to accomplish the things of God. So we need courage to cross over. Amen. A common form of encouragement is to give comfort and help to those who are sorrowful. I know for us in this season where we've experienced grief upon grief, and it, it's been hard for me, you know, to receive because when you're used to giving the encouragement and when someone gives you the encouragement, it's like, uh, uh, uh what do I do with this? <laughs> what, what, what do I do with this, you know? And so God has been teaching me how to receive encouragement. It, you know, there's, there's, there's an anointing when you can receive. It's dysfunction if all you want to do is give. Amen. It's, it's called control. Hallelujah. So, so, so I just really have understood, like, this was a season of receiving. And that was very uncomfortable for me. And so... I, I, I love the encouragement when people say, hang on in there, and I'm thinking about you. We've getting, we got cards from a family, you know, every few weeks just saying, I'm thinking about you. And just those little things, you know, just, just let you, it makes you feel like you're not alone. And, and, but I want to write, I want, I want you to really note this down, and, and this is on our notes, so you can take notes on this, because this is, in, this is important because we all go, all go through this. Encouragement is to give comfort and help to those who are sorrowful or grieving. But encouragement may often include words of teaching, warning, and perhaps rebuke. You hear that? Don't get quiet on me now. Encouragement may include words of teaching, warning, and perhaps rebuke. As mature leaders among God's people, urge their followers, their fellows, to greater effort and the devotion to God. This walk can be difficult, and it can be very daunting. And so we have to really receive with patience all the advice 
and all the words of encouragement that we need to receive and, and, and some scriptures that really focus on that. Hebrews 4.14 says, I do not write these things to shame you, but as my beloved children, I warn you. I love that. I remember I was, um, I gave my life to God when I was in my 20s. And so it was a good thing because you, you get to avoid certain things, but it was a bad thing because I was in my 20s. All right. I'm like, come on, God, don't spoil my fun. <laughs> and I didn't understand that that wasn't fun, but it was bondage in a lot of ways. And I remember I had a, a young adult pastor and she she was so sweet. Her name was um, Lenora and Leanne, Leanne. And she would say uh, to me, she said, oh, Yolanda, you have such a, a great um, uh, ability to pull people in. She said, just be careful that you use it for God and not for other things. And I was like, uh, what do you mean by that? And then she began to tell me that. And she would always tell me when I would enter into a relationship, she would say, is that of God or is that your choosing? I want you to be happy. I want you to find success. But she would always warn me or just really hold up that standard of the word of God. And it, it wasn't to shame me. That's why I loved her. It, it had this love to it. It wasn't to judge, but it was to kind of, push me in the right direction. And that's what that encouragement is. Colossians 3.16 says, let the word of Christ dwell richly in you with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace to your hearts. I like Hebrews 13.22. And I appeal to you, brethren, bear with the word of exhortation, for I have written to you in a few words. So it's not going to be all you're great and you're wonderful and keep going. But it's sometimes it's going to be be courageous, be courageous, be very courageous. God, why you keep saying that? What am I going to say? You know, so the encouragement comes in many different forms. But we need encouragement to cross over, encouragement of all types. Now, a biblical definition of discouragement is a sense of unhappiness. How many of you have been discouraged? A sense of unhappiness arising from a loss of confidence in one's own ability and the reliability of God or in the power of the gospel. There's so many Christians that have walked away from the faith. They've walked away because certain things did not turn out the way they supposed to be. It didn't turn out the way it, 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 it should have. I pray for this, Lord, and you didn't, you didn't deliver. And so they may come to church. You may see them, and they may talk the talk, but they're slowly drifting away from the faith. I remember when we did this series that your alignment is more important than your assignment. And so if we're not careful, we can worship the promise versus the promise giver. Amen. We can put make idols of the things that we call success. And we forget. Discouragement. We often find ourselves at the state of a state of crossing and transition after being stuck in the wilderness. How many of you are in a wilderness today? A personal wilderness, a wilderness in your relationship, a financial wilderness, 
a wilderness of identity. Like, Lord, I have this great job. I pay the bills. But then what? Is Is this all my life will entail? And so there's a discontentment with the way our lives are. And instead of pushing in, we also, we, we often pull back. But how do we break that wilderness cycle? Because I call it a mentality. And, and so we can glean so much from the Israelites. Because you have to understand, before Joshua took over, so to speak, from Moses, they were in the wilderness for a long time. And how many of you know when you used to run or hang with certain people, there's a wilderness mentality. And you know what a wilderness mentality, when you start to do something different, when you start to go to the gym, when you start to say, mm, I have money for that, but is it wise? You know, maybe I need to put $1,000 in the bank. Maybe I don't need to go get them Jordans and go get, go get, go get something I don't need. Maybe I need to save up. And, and you know the wilderness mentality, the people, oh, you got, you only YOLO, you only live once. You only live once. Oh, it don't take all that. I used to be one of those people. It don't take, I had a friend and uh, he's probably watching Mustafa and he would, you know, he, he, he stayed with us for a time and he, you know, he's from uh, Burkina Faso, which is a central part of Africa. And he would just have this quiet, uh, time with the Lord in the morning, you know, and I would say, mm, that's sweet. And he would, you know, make some tea. He had this whole ritual that he would do. And he would spend time with the Lord and read and do all this. And I would say, Lord, it takes all that for him. And it takes all that for me, maybe in a different way. But it does take all that. But if you're not careful, you can judge people for what they need to do. And you can say, it don't take all of that. But you don't know what it takes for them to cross over. You don't know. That's a, don't be a wilderness encourager. Keeping people stuck when God is trying to pull them over into the promises of God. It don't take all that. How do you know what generational cycles they're breaking? How do you know? what struggles they have in the middle of the night, what lusts they're trying to break, what they're crying out for God in the middle of the night. And so for them, it takes all of that. I want to be a person that encourages people in their season where they are breaking through. I want to help people. I want to encourage them to cross over to their personal Jordan. I don't want to be a hater. I want to encourage people to say, Sarah, if it takes all of that for you, then I support you. What can I do to support you on your journey of health, on your journey of wealth, on your journey of success, and then journey for fighting for your children? What does it take? It may not have taken all that for me, but it may take all of that for my sister. I don't want to be a wilderness encouragement. I I, want to be someone that encourages it. And so what does it take to break the cycle of, 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 of wilderness in our lives? and get to the place of crossing, and to actually cross over. How about that? A lot of us have parked our tents there. And so the first thing we need to do, I'm going to say an old-fashioned word, an old-fashioned word. And for those people who've been in church or who went to church with their grandmother a few times, the first word is consecrate. Remember that old-fashioned word? You know what that word means, consecrate. 
sanctify, set apart, to make holy. But this is my favorite definition of the word, which brings it into uh, the modern times. Separation with relationship to God. I'm going to separate for my relationship with God. So I've been in the place of, 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 of consecration. And what does that mean? That means people, places, and things I'm shifting. I'm not going to give people access to me the way that I did for this season. Why? Not because I'm all that, not because I'm better, not because I'm super spiritual, but because I got to hear what God is telling me. I got to hear what God is telling me. And so you know how it is. If you're not, if you're trying not to smoke marijuana every day, you can't hang with people who smoke marijuana every day. It's, it's simple. It's not even that deep. Consecrate, to set apart, to sanctify, to make holy, to focus on your relationship with God and says what he has to say. I can't be with you in that car every day smoking weed if I'm trying to not smoke weed every day. It ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. Here you are with contact. I'm good. God understand. No. If you're trying to consecrate <laughs> and hear from God, you have to do something different. So people, places are things. Places. Sometimes you just, it's not that a place is bad, but you can't go over their house because they talk in wilderness talk. Yeah, you know how it is. I'm, I'm trying to make a dollar out of 15 cents. Well, I don't want to be with people trying to make a dollar out of 15 cents. <laughs> I want to be with people who understand who their source is, who understands that the 100% they get is not theirs, and that when I give a tenth of percent or when I give to God, he sanctifies the rest of it. And I have the things that I don't have. I say, God, what is this? What, what is this? Because I understand that that part is sanctified. I understand that my time in the morning is sanctified because I want the rest of my day to be sanctified. I don't want the devil to bully me into, oh, I'm stressed. Oh, this day, everything got away from me. I don't want to be bullied out of my time, out of my finances, out of my future. I won't forfeit my future because I'm afraid to consecrate myself with God. And what is consecrate? Consecrate has been, it's been a, a scary and daunting thing for me. But for me, it was a point of uh, me and my husband switch offices um, because he is like that. You know, some, some women like to change around their house, but this man, he's like, I want to do something different. I come in the bedroom and the bed's on the other side. I'm like, what's going on? I mean, geez, this is, you know, some people have midlife crisis of buying cars and he just changes around the house. So, so I come home one day and my desk is out. He was like, I didn't want to put it in. I ain't know what you think. I just want you to get the vision before. What? <laughs> like, I'm the girl in the relationship. Let me do that. But, it, 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 you know, he just, he likes to change around things and act like he's, you know, partnering with me. You know, I just took your desk out. I didn't actually do the flip, but I just want you to see. So, so we switch rooms, and I got the, the big room, the, you know, and it has a nice prayer closet with a window. That was his, his room. And, and so what I've been doing, because, I, you know, I struggle with attention. I could be this, this shiny, and I'm all over the place. So I created a space in that room, a nice space. I went to Ross, got a little bench, and it opens up, and I got my books and bookcases, and I'm, I'm really trying to create a place where I can 
I can know that this is my time with God. My grandkids know, my husband knows, everybody knows that when I'm in this place, don't call me unless the house is on fire. Don't call my husband knocks in and he hears music and he's like, oh, holy. Because I, it takes all that for me. It takes the YouTube music on. It takes, uh, you know, the scripture on the floor. It takes, God help me, why I keep doing the same thing over and over? That's what it takes for me. And it doesn't have to be long. But it's a time of consecration where I say to God, remove, show me the people, places, and things that need to be removed. Help me to separate myself. And, and I think it's awesome because it transforms us. It's not us doing anything. It's not some magic poke, poke, hocus pocus, uh, legalistic, I do this step and I do this step. It's just me going before the Lord and say, change me. Help me to see the future. Help me to know when to strike and when to, and when to lay low. Help me to be wise as a serpent, but gentle as a dove. And what happens is that's where we get the power the power to overcome. So if you're having problems on your job, if you're having problems and you don't know what to do, then you got to get your consecration game up. That's what it means because you get all the goods there. You get all the goods there. And then, you know, during that time of consecration, it's very important to have personal prayer. But this has been a game changer for me. People say, how are you dealing with the loss of your son, the loss of your brother and sister? How are you dealing with all these challenges? You want to know my secret weapon? This is going to sound real churchy. Corporate prayer. Corporate prayer. It's when we come together weak and then someone places their hand on you and speaks a word of encouragement. During our corporate prayer, we just have 10 minutes where we go through a scripture and we do it not to be churchy, we do it because we know the word of God fortifies. And we don't want to pray amiss. And we don't want to pray our emotions. We want to pray the will of God. So the more we break down the word, it makes our prayer easier. Amen. And so corporate prayer, and this is this is what this is why I think it it it, it helps me, because it encourages me to when I am focused on me. And what I don't have and how hard it is, self-pity could come in and discouragement. But then when I go to corporate prayer on Thursday for an hour and 15 minutes, you hear a testimony of what God has done. You hear somebody praying and it just elevates you. And, 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 and you guys, Jesus even said um, in Matthew 21, 12, 4, he says, then it says, then Jesus went into the temple of God and drove out all the money, drove out all those who brought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he said to, to them, it is written. And he was referring to Isaiah 56, 7. That's where it was originally written. But he said, my house should be called the house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. A house of prayer, a house where, you know, we want to be a not regular church, then we need to be a house of prayer. We need to take our individual consecration, individual prayer, and then we need to get together with other people and get fortified even more. 
We are temples of the Holy Spirit. And then when I get with other temples, it's like Wonder Twin Powers activate. Amen. I leave encouraged. And so Jesus wasn't lying when he said, my house, it's not a house of miracles. It's not a house. He loves the word of God. But he said a house of prayer because we recognize our dependence on God. It's a humbling thing. So the next thing, we consecrate ourselves to get us out of the wilderness cycle. The second thing is we prepare your provisions. Prepare your provisions. Prepare your provisions. Not reliance, not relying on them, but to present what you have to God. Count the cost, but make room for God. Prepare your provisions. So let's go back to that text in Joshua. 1, 10 through 18, and let's hear what he means by prepare your provisions. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people saying, pass through the camp and command the people saying, prepare, prepare provisions for yourself. For within three days, you will cross over this Jordan to go and to possess the land which the Lord your God has given you to possess. I love it. And to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and half the tribe of Manasseh, Joshua spoke, saying, Remember the word which Moses, thy servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God has given you rest and given you this land. Your wives, your little ones, your livestock shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on the other side of the Jordan. But you shall pass before your brethren armed, all you mighty men of valor, and help them until the Lord has given you, you your brethren rest as he gave you. And they also have taken possession of the land which the Lord your God has given them. Then you shall return to the land of your possession and enjoy it, which Moses the Lord's servant gave you on the other side of the Jordan. Prepare, preparation gives us courage to cross over. And so some people say, what does that mean? What does it mean to prepare? It means that I prepare my mind. It means that I prepare my body. For some men, it means that I have to prepare my household. It was a game changer when my husband started praying over me. When he started praying over, I would wake up in the middle of the night, and I'm like, what, what are you doing? And he's praying. That was preparation. And so ask the Lord, men of God, what is, how do I prepare my family to cross over? Because we don't want to cross over by ourselves, man. We, we, we want to ask for me and my house. We want to serve the Lord. So how can I, as a man of God, as a head of my household, how can I prepare my provisions? I was talking to um, a young woman at the church a couple of weeks ago, and she was like, oh, I'm just struggling in my finances. And I was like, do you do a budget? Do you have a budget app or you know, I'm not a financial person like Joaquin and some of these other people here, but I know budgeting, you know, like, you know, you know, you know what you have. And as I was talking to her, I was telling her that budgeting helped me to prepare my provisions. It didn't mean that I always had enough. <laughs> but what it did was it brought the truth to light. And it showed me what I need to prepare for. It showed me what I need to ask for. It gave me wisdom. So some of you have to prepare your provisions. Some of you are afraid to look at your provisions because you think that you have to rely on yourselves to create more. But let me tell you, when you preparation actually means understanding what you don't have. 
and then presented it to God. That's preparation for your provision. Amen. Prepare your provision. You need preparation to cross over the Jordan. And I love because you hear Joshua getting stronger in his leadership. He's just kind of like passing, you know, passing through, telling them, you know, commanding them, prepare your provisions for within three days you will cross over. It's exciting, but we have to do the preparation. Because some of us, we're not prepared. We may be prepared psychologically. We may be prepared spiritually, but we're not prepared physically for what God wants to do. We're not prepared emotionally for what God has to do. Because with new levels, yes, there's new devils, but the devil may try to take you out in ways that you never thought of. So it's important to get prepared body, soul, and spirit for crossing over the Jordan. And it's no shame. It's like, Lord, I'm jacked up. I need money. <laughs> I need help. I need friends because I got all these wilderness encouragers. I, I really don't have good friends. I got people in my life. But I don't really have healthy encouragers. I have people like Job's friends who are miserable comforters. Who telling you everything you did wrong, but not telling you what it takes to cross over. Number three, obey the word of the Lord. That's what we have to do. And if you go down to 16, it says, so they answered Joshua saying, all that you, all that you command us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Oh, I love this. Just as we heeded Moses in all things, so we will heed you. And I want to preface this a little bit. This is the people saying to Joshua, we will follow you. And sometimes we don't understand when leadership changes in our life. We don't understand when there's a shift and we want to hold on to the old. And we, Moses didn't do it like this. We didn't have to prepare no provisions. We just walked over and it, you know, like... And we're, and, we're, and we're stuck and we're, and we're holding up the wilderness in our lives. We're staying in the wilderness longer because we're murmuring and we're complaining and we're missing the shift that God is making in our lives. That's where consecration comes because in consecration, God begins to show you little things. And sometimes God shows me certain things a year in advance and I'll just write it down. I'm like, okay, what, this is weird. And then when it happens a year later, I go, okay. And, you know, people say, oh, you move fast. I'm like, no, God prepared me before for this. See, spending time with God in consecration helps you not to waste time. I hate wasting time. Because what he does is he shows you how to move. When to, when to, when to strike, when to lay low. Be wise, be wise as a uh, serpent, but gentle as a dove. You know how serpents are, are there. They wait for their prey. If you go too fast, it won't work. If you go too slow, you can miss an opportunity. I follow this minister, uh, Rick Renner. He has one of the largest Protestant ministries in Russia. And I was reading about timing and how timing is important so you can obey the word of the Lord. 
And so he was just, you know, laying low for like a couple years in Russia and just trying to figure out how God is going to move him. People thought he was crazy. He had one of the biggest ministries in, 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 in America. You know, he could have been one of the biggest mega pastors because he had charisma, right? People love charisma, but he also was theologically sound and trained. So he had that great combination, but God called him and his wife to Russia. And so after laying low there for a while praying, he had this opportunity to, uh, he was standing before the, these big media uh, moguls and politicians, and they, they were offering him access to all the former, former Soviet Union on TV, and it hadn't been done before. And so he was like, Lord, what do I do? Do I wait or do I go? And so it, it made sense. It was like this money monthly. He didn't know how he was going to do it. But he said during times of consecration, this is what he prayed for. So it wasn't foreign. He didn't have to go to God for the first time. This is what he had been praying for down to the T. And so he was able to strike while the iron was hot. And then now he has one of the largest ministries because it's broadcasted all over Russia. But if he would have waited a week, I got to pray about that. If he had not been in this consecration, in two weeks, the government would have changed and he would not have access to do it. So a lot of times you can't obey the word of the Lord because you don't understand the timing of the Lord. And a lot of you are trying to do things out of season. And you would know that. And we would know that. And this is what I'm always convicted of. Because I, when I struggle with timing of something and God is saying, you're trying to figure it out. Come in my presence because therefore I, I will quiet your spirit and say, yeah, maybe this is the time, but not with that situation, not with that person. Or maybe you need to get this right. So we've got to understand the timing. So the people saw that Joshua had the anointing now. And they said, just as we heeded Moses and all things, so we heed you. Only the Lord, God, your God, be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against you, Joshua, your command does not heed your word and all that you command him shall be put to death. Now, that's like loyalty, <laughs> you know, but this is a shift. I want you to get this. This is a shift. Only be strong and of good courage. They're encouraging him now. They're encouraging him. And the last one, number four, how do we break that wilderness cycle in our lives? Take one step at a time and then another and then another. Take one step at a time, then another and then another. And so I really want this as a church, us to really read Joshua 3 and 4 over the next couple weeks. I really think that it will really get our minds right to where we're headed as a church, to understanding what the corporate anointing could really do, the corporate unity really can do. And I'm not going to read it, but I'm going to summarize it. Now, the miraculous account of the crossing of the Jordan takes place in 3 and 4, and that's what I want you to read. After they were wandering in the desert for 40 years, the Israel finally approached the boundary of the promised land near Shittim. Their great leader Moses had died, 
and God had transferred power to Moses' successor, Joshua. Before invading the hostile land of Canaan, Joshua had sent in two spies. How many read that story about the spies and Rahab and the prostitute? This stuff is good, boy. I'm like, is this, this is like TV mature. Like, this is like crazy, you know, just hearing how the characters and how God can use even someone who's living a lifestyle that's contrary to his word, how that their behaviors in, in this situation, Rahab is sanctify her. How God can just, this is a time when we're crossing over that God can use the people you least expect to bless you. Be careful who you're trusting in this season. When you're crossing over, it's, it's very pivotal. Joshua ordered the people to consecrate themselves by washing themselves, their clothes, and refraining from sex. The next day, he assembled them half mile behind the Ark of the Covenant. He told the Levite priests to carry the Ark of the Jordan, uh, the Ark of the Jordan River, over the Jordan River, which was swollen. It was very treacherous, um, overflowing banks, and it was just it was not the situation that you wanted to go over. It was kind of like, uh, the, I hope something happens. <laughs> as soon as the priests waded in the water, because they went first, the water stopped flowing and piled in a heap 20 miles north near the village of Adam. It was also cut off to the south. While the priests waded with the ark in the middle of the river, the entire nation crossed over on dry ground. That was a miracle that didn't look like the Red Sea. And it's so important that when you're taking that one step, and this is why I say take one step and then another, because sometimes you take that one step, right? And then you start to look and you go, uh-oh, right? Remember Peter when he took his eyes off of Jesus and he fell? But when you take that one step, you gotta take another because that's when the comparison trap comes in. That comparison trap, how, oh God, am I, did I really, did I really hear, did I really hear God? I got these people out here. <laughs> you got the priest going before, you know, before the people carrying the ark. And if you're not careful, your spiritual walk may be inspired by your parents, but it may be totally different than your parents. So it's important to glean the good, but leave the bad out. God may be doing something new in your family and in your life. So don't let religious ways of doing things hinder you from crossing over because you can get stuck right there and then go back because, Lord, at least we ate there. We had onions and leeks. and <laughs> I don't want to do this. This is scary. So you take one step and then you take another step. And I think it's so interesting because God's provision was there. And that act of courage increased their faith to take one step and then the next. And Joshua was clear about what they needed to do. But they had to take a step. They had to take a step. You have to take a step. What step is God calling you to take for your family, for your life, for your health, for your future? It may be a step that has never been taken before. It may look dramatic. People may talk about you. They're like, mm, this ain't Moses. And that's why it's so important to consecrate yourself. It's so important to prepare yourself 
and in that consecration include both that personal prayer. But I know sometimes I get so weary, it gets hard to pray sometimes. And so I call on somebody to intercede for me. We have a text, a group text of about 20 people that are on our fervor prayer text. And I love it because some people are so honest. <laughs> you know, we had a text the other day like, I'm discouraged because this ain't going right. That's what it's supposed to be for. It's not supposed to be showing, it ain't the gram showing our best life, showing our best self and our best light. It's saying, I need help because this walk is real. We need courage to cross over, and we can't have courage if we're not real about where we are. You ever try to help somebody and they know all the answers? Discouragement can quickly turn to depression if you're prideful. So you're discouraged because situations happen not the way you wanted it to. And then you, somebody finds out, or maybe you get courageous enough to tell that person. But then when that person offers you encouragement or a way to go, it may be different or it may be uncomfortable. You say, oh, I tried that. Oh, yeah, I know that. And, and, and you can't take counsel. Guess what? People who are successful and cross the Jordans in their life are people who take counsel. Because even if you get over the Jordan, right? We've seen people who get over to certain levels of success. But their wisdom can't keep them there. And they're quickly exposed. So let's do it on the front end. Let's, <laughs> I don't like being embarrassed. I want to prepare myself. I want to consecrate myself. I want to obey the word of the Lord. I want to strike and season and wait when I'm not supposed to go. And I want to watch God move through me. I want to watch God move through you. I want to watch people get unstuck in their wilderness season. Stand with me. Thank you for bearing with me. I know we went long today, but I think this is very important to really understand the season that you're in. And I really want you just to think of an area right now where you're stuck. And I want you to offer it to God right now, an area that you're stuck. And ask the Lord to help you get unstuck. Ask him how you are to consecrate yourselves. Hear his instructions. Pray. Receive. Listen. And take one step at a time. Father God, we thank you for this word. Lord God, we want to prepare ourselves for the next season are crossing over. And thank you, Lord, for the example, the inspiration of Jordan, of uh, Joshua crossing the Jordan, because he was a man who 
understood his assignment and he received encouragement from, for, from you and from others. Help us, Lord, purge our motives. We ask you to forgive us for any sin, known or unknown. We ask you, Lord, for any motives that were not pure. And we ask you, Lord, to help us enjoy this journey with you. Help us just to have fun with you. Have fun in your presence. To come in your presence, even if we don't know what to say. But just to be in your presence. And rediscover you and your word and the simple joy of just being with you. We thank you for this word. We ask you, Lord, to help us apply it and give us courage to cross over. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Yes, yes. Come on, how many enjoy that? Yes. Yeah, so, so who is... How many here are facing a personal Jordan right now? So we, we want to pray for you this morning because we want to be those encouragers. I mean, so the great thing about Joshua, he had people around him to help them cross over. So we want to be those people. We, want to be the, we don't want to be uh, wilderness encouragers, right? We want to be promised land encouragers. So we want to encourage you today. So you may be facing a personal Jordan, but God is saying to you today, prepare your provisions, prepare your provisions, prepare your provisions, get your mind right, right? Get your, get your mind right. Step up your, your prayer game. Amen. So God is tell, telling you today to prepare your provisions. And so we just want, I want to invite the prayer team uh, altar team uh, folks up because we want to just take a few moments and encourage you. We want to speak courage over you uh, because it does take courage to cross to cross over. I'm looking out to some of you today and seeing that what God wants to do in your life. He wants to do something special. But I believe that there are circumstances that are trying to hold you back. So what God want to do in your life is on the other side of your problem. So he is, he is encouraging you today to, to cross over. Prepare your provisions and to cross over this morning. And so we're going to take a few moments this morning and open up the altars because we want to pray for you. And I know uh, for those that who are listening to us online, we will continue to pray for you that God will continue to speak to you and encourage you to cross over to what he wants to do in, in your life. Um, so we want to do that this morning. So I want to invite you up to, to the altars. We got some prayer warriors who's going to lay hands on you. It's going to speak life into you. And uh, there are wilderness, there are promised land encouragers. Promised land encouragers. And we believe, we believe that you will cross over. You will cross over. You will do what God is instructing you to do. 
you will be the person that God called you to be. You will break generational cycles. Amen? Come on, how many is encouraged this morning? Yes. So as we sing a little little bit this morning, worship a a little while longer, we just want to invite you up to the altars, and I'll come back up and close us out in in prayer. Amen? So the altars are open. Amen? Just come on up and and receive receive your your prayer this morning. Amen? Come on. You're about to cross over. Somebody going to cross over. It's going to start right now. Amen? Come on, we're some promised land encouragers. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. If what you heard today impacted you, be sure to tell us about it. You can rate and subscribe to this podcast or contact us on social media. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram or our website, calvarylifedfw.com. Thank you so much and have a great week.